This is the most marketable corporate-sponsored sports entertainer of our or any generation, the hashtag feminist icon, E-F-F-Y-F-E. And you're listening to the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, The Whole Reffin Show. And now, the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle... The Whole Reffin Show. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, The Whole Reffin Show. My name is Perry Smith. My name is Darren Beasley. On today's show we got some news involving Lars Sullivan as well as Alicia Fox and we're going to talk about the heat Darren, the heat. It is heating up between Corey Graves and Booker T. Of course, you do not mean Sunday night heat. Or Harlem heat. Uh, Well, one half of Harlem heat. I do mean one half of Harlem heat. I don't know. Uh, We're going to talk about Booker T. I don't know if we will hear from Booker T or not, but uh, we definitely have some words about him. You never know when that might accidentally uh, conjure him up or summon his highness, Booker, King Booker. This is true. You want to keep your head in the swivel for this episode, Darren, because you never know when Booker T might be lurking in the shadows. Um, that's how that's how I live my life in general. Uh, also, of course, big weekend this week for Fest Wrestling because Friday and Saturday, you're going to have two chances, two, one, two chances to check out Fest Wrestling Love is a Battlefield 2, Electric Boogaloo, Night 1 and Night 2. Night 1, of course, being in St. Augustine, Fest's new home, their home away from home, and Night 2 being at their home, at home, uh, which, of course, 8 seconds in Gainesville, Florida. And, of course, we know a lot about Fest Wrestling, but we like to bring on uh, someone who's especially well-versed in the arts of Fest Wrestling, someone knows a lot about Fest Wrestling. The voice of Fest Wrestling, they say. Uh, Rich Bokini is going to be on the show today. I am so excited to talk to Rich. You know, I knew that I would get to see him uh, this weekend here for uh, Fest Wrestling. But to have him on the show, to have the good friend of the show, Rich Bokini, back on. Uh, always it's great to have Rich. Tons of insight. Tons of fest expertise, uh, and, that, and, that, and that's saying something, because I uh, fancy you and I quite the fest experts. Uh, golly, how long has it been since Pickle on the Tree? Don't give me an exact number. <laughs> but it, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> just because, uh, you know, sometimes I don't like the answer to always be money, it's money, Darren. Okay, you you, you, you asked me you asked me for an amount of time though. I, I can't give you an answer and say that was two no. months ago. Okay, okay. No. Make it sure. It seems like two years ago. I tell you what, fast definitely leaves you chomping at the bit. Do you know how long Pickle on the Tree Two was, Darren? Do you know how long ago it was? Money. Um. So indeed, right. on our show today, our cup runneth over with riches. Uh, rich. Is Bo Keeney. Uh, is going to be on the our, show. Our love cup. Our love cup. Oh, yeah. Love runneth with riches, Bo <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, so clearly there's a lot to talk about on today's show. Let's get right into it with some of them tasty, delicious, the libations that we refer to as 
headlines. Paging Lars Sullivan. Paging Lars Sullivan. No, no answer. New phone. Who dis? Where's Lars Sullivan, Darren? Well, he's not answering his pager. That's for one thing. He, uh, Lars Sullivan. Uh, we don't know where he is, but we we know that he's probably not a 1980s uh, drug trafficker, and therefore he doesn't have a, a beeper. He doesn't have a pager. I knew a lot of uh, non-drug traffickers uh, in the 1980s that had had beepers. They had pagers. All right, so there's that. Well, all the pe- all the people that I knew personally in the 80s as a small child who had beepers were drug traffickers. <laughs> you, you you really hung around the wrong crowd. I, I never got a chance to tell you that. but uh, well, I'm not sure if that was reality or if that were like Debbie Gibson always said, and only in my dreams. Right, right. Well, I mean, uh, pagers and beepers back then, those were the first text messages. Only you could only text message, you know, this phone number, call me so we can speak on the phone. I know a lot of the kids nowadays don't know what speaking on the phone is. Um, <laughs> this conversation makes me feel like I'm ancient, by the way. Uh, I, I myself do not like phone conversations. I'd much rather just text you, and then you can get back to me whenever you want, and I'll get back to you whenever I want. So, No, you know, it's really funny that you say that. It makes me feel old just to hear you say that. It reminds me there's a John Mulaney stand-up joke where he actually, the, the bit starts with him saying, I called Blockbuster Video on the telephone, and <laughs> then he stops himself and he says, now I sound like a grandpa, <laughs> and I'm talking about two very outdated things that don't seem that way. And it's funny how fast that sh- how fast that changed. It's like a two or three year gap becomes almost a generational gap when it comes to those two precise things, cell phone technology and video rental. This is true. Wow. This is very true. And speaking of gaps, uh, it was it was becoming somewhat suspicious. Uh, Lars Sullivan may have fallen into a gap because he, he fell uh, off the face of the earth a little while. Uh, noticeably, Lars Sullivan has not been on NXT television. He was not in Philadelphia's TakeOver event. And I noticed that while watching it, like, whoa, where's, where's Lars Sullivan? Uh, so what's going on with that? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think anyone saw him at the performance center lately. Um, it really, there was no big report about it. So it was kind of like speculation. Like, is he actually missing? Yeah. I think the last time he, there was a confirmed sighting was apparently at a house show in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina on January the 6th. And, uh, he's a regular tweeter. And so he appeared on Twitter uh, last on January 8th, two days after his last confirmed sighting. Uh, it's like Bigfoot or something. And uh, <laughs> He is kind of like Bigfoot, I-, I will say that, yes. And uh, after that tweet on January 8th, he not only went radio silent, but he went television absent. They went to Atlanta, they did television tapings, several of them, to prepare for uh, Rumble, Uh, all the NXT television for the Royal Rumble and for uh, TakeOver Philadelphia. And uh, since then, they have returned to center stage in Atlanta for more tapings, which, damn, I need to get to Atlanta and get to some of those tapings. Um, Except for the incredibly uncomfortable wooden seats at center stage. It's an amazing venue. 
and I would love to watch NXT there. So you need to, dear listeners, you need to get to center stage and watch a set of NXT tapings. But if you're there, please let us know if you see Lars Sullivan or not. Right. Uh, it, it got to the point where it had almost been a month and uh, since anybody had seen them. And then, like you said, suspiciously absent from TakeOver, and now they're reporting that all of these tapings they've been doing are apparently bridging the entire period of time between Rumble and WrestleMania. So not only is Lars Sullivan not appearing at TakeOver Philadelphia, it appears he's not even going to be at TakeOver New Orleans. Now, all of that was reported by Dave Meltzer, who was following up his own report that initially Lars Sullivan was penciled in to be Andrade Almas' opponent at TakeOver New Orleans the night before WrestleMania 34. And now, thanks to what we saw happen at the taping, spoiler alert, Aleister Black is the one going into that match. Now, I don't think anyone doesn't want to see that. That'll be excellent. But again, Lars Sullivan left out. So WTF. There, there seemed to be a bit of mystery about this because usually someone, you know, <laughs> someone stubs their toe and it's it's on the front page, WWE.com, like, oh my God, superstar out. Um, so there's no information on Lars Sullivan at all. And it did, like I said, for a while seem like he might actually just be gone. Like no one knows where he is. He, he kind of gave up on life, but apparently none of that is true. Uh, some source said that, uh, he actually suffered a knee injury and some other un- quote unquote undisclosed medical issues. Um, so that, that's why he has been absent from television, um, which obviously, that's a horrible situation. Injury is never a good thing. You know, the, those fortunate injuries that Darren talks about simply do not exist. Um, but it's fortunate in that, oh good, that's why. And not, you know, not he fell off the earth and, you know, disappeared in, in a desert somewhere. You know, kind of like Perry Saturn kind of did years ago. I mean, obviously, you, you, you think the worst. Like, oh my god. Then again, I've been, I'm on the fifth season of Unsolved Mysteries uh, lately, so I I do. You're on, you're on the fifth season, but I'm, you're. I'm in it. <laughs> no, my my mystery is solved. It, it's it's pretty easy. It's uh it's a good one. But anyway, uh, so yeah, after watching five uh, seasons of Unsolved Mysteries, I don't I don't trust anybody anymore, and I have added several locks to my doors. Uh, so Lars Sullivan, get well soon. Obviously, his presence is missed uh, on NXT television. Speaking of injuries. Uh, we reported a little bit that Alicia Fox missed the Royal Rumble, the first ever women's Royal Rumble. Alicia Fox! Right, 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 right. Apparently, we found out that she broke her tailbone. Uh, well, actually, training for the Rumble is when it happened, apparently. Uh, but she'll actually be out for the next few months. That, that's a very unfortunate injury. Again, there are no fortunate injuries, uh, especially when it came to uh, not competing in the very first ever women's Royal Rumble match. I do wonder who got her slot, though. I, I do wonder about that. I mean, I don't think they ever really said who got thrown in at the last minute there. But anyway, uh, so obviously Alicia Fox uh, would like to see her back on TV sometime soon. It's always it's always good to have as many female wrestlers as you can on television for me. Um, as it is, people kind of show up and go, oh, yeah, that person, like Dana Brooke. She disappeared for so long, I got used to not seeing her, then she popped up again. Which, by the way, I like her involved with Titus Worldwide. I, I think that's that's really great. I love when stables add women to the stable, 
much like I love Nikki Cross Insanity. And I'm so glad that, uh, that they gave Dana Brooks something to do. And I think it does add a lot as well. I completely agree. Whenever they add a woman to a stable, it adds any, any additional member, as long as we don't get into like overexpanded NWO territory. Scott Norton. Any additional member is going to add some depth uh, to a stable. And when it's a woman, it becomes more interesting. So yes, there's that. Also, it's more interesting because it is a woman and it gives that woman something to do. And by nature of the fact that she's in a stable, she's going to take on some of the traits of that stable. And so we've seen Dana Brooke kind of get repackaged. So not only does she have something to do and more airtime because she's part of this organization, she's not some also ran that they slip in there when you're not looking and you don't care about. But the new look gives her, you know, that fresh coat of paint. It's sort of like, you know, double your pleasure, double your fun. You get not only the exposure of the uh, stable, joining the stable, but also that fresh coat of paint uh, in addition to that. So that's excellent for Dana Brooke because ever since they split her, uh, you know, they split her away from Charlotte, she was truly floating around, never appearing on television. And when she did... She really was just jobbing out, and that, that was a shame. Yeah, um, not totally. I don't think that's totally the fault of WWE's uh, writing and thinking, like, we have nothing for her right now. I think at the time she was doing a lot of training for the Arnold Classic. Um, and, of course, you know, fitness and bodybuilding is very important to, like, Triple H and Vince McMahon. And obviously, had she gone on to win some major title of that, that would have been, like, a big headline and, and a lot of cool a lot of cool press with that. So I, I do think a lot of that was her like, no, no, let her train, let her do her thing and, you know, go do that. Um, but no, beyond that, though, she didn't have a lot going on. And like I said, glad she ended up in, in this faction. That, that That's pretty cool. I do, since we're since we're on this ledge, you know, away from Alicia Fox. Sorry, Alicia. Uh, get better soon, of course. I do want to say um, Undisputed Era. They need to add a woman to the uh, to the stable, especially going against Sanity. You need someone to counteract Nikki Cross. And I thought I thought that they would they would have done that by now, but they haven't done it, and I, I, that saddens me. It saddens me. Well, I really thought it was going to be that Conti girl. I thought uh, the, the the South American chick that where the where's the gi, right? Isn't it her Tay Conti? Yeah, Tainara or something it looked like that for um, a minute too but then it just it just kind of fizzled away i thought like maybe someone who maybe worked in roh a little bit could have come over too so it seemed a bit more appropriate to put them together but i mean right. conti was fine i thought that was fine nevertheless i think the undisputed era could definitely benefit from having uh, an additional member and if it were a female member then then really that would be a home run i think but um I think a fourth person would be good, even if it ends up being another man. Um, Undisputed Era it is fine. They really are fine the way they are. But I think that the, uh, if we got uh, that fourth person, it would be, I think, a surprise. And it would be a cool surprise. Right. And then, so, then, then do an eight-man tag, an eight-man mixed tag. The first ever eight-man mixed tag. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Maybe Conti and the Undisputed Era just didn't get along. Speaking of not getting along, Darren Beasley, are you aware of the heat? The heat! The hot heat! The Harlem heat! One half of Harlem heat, as we said earlier, between Corey Graves and Booker T. Of course, Booker T and Corey Graves 
uh, sat alongside each other with Michael Cole at the Raw commentary desk. Um, and if you were paying attention at all, you were very much aware of the, uh, at first may have been camaraderie, then became animosity between the two. Yeah, I noticed that uh, for quite a while now, things have not been uh, exactly copacetic. Maybe something is uh, rotten in the state of Denmark. Corey Graves is very much outspoken. I personally believe he is 110% in character, which a lot of people need to remember that even your announcers are working a gimmick. They're working a shtick. They are characters just like the ones that are in the ring. And I think that Corey Graves is doing that. I don't think there could be a nicer individual than Corey Graves from all accounts. Now, Booker T apparently doesn't feel that way, but Corey Graves is working a character. Now, has it has he rubbed another man's rhubarb? You know, has he <laughs> rubbed Booker T's rhubarb and Booker can't handle it? Sounds like it, but it also sounds like Booker T needs to remember what business he's working in. The guy, Booker T, by all accounts himself, is the quintessential professional. You know what I mean? And, and so this is surprising that he's taking this much umbrage with Mr. Graves. Wow. So you think Graves is, for the most part, in character when he's trashing Booker T on uh, international television? <laughs> I, I, I 110% believe it. Okay. You know, well, and, and then I think that it's no, it's no doubt about the fact that Booker T is probably taking it the wrong way and running with it. You know, we have talked about how he deals with Jason Jordan and how that's Booker T not in character. Or you're already seeing an, uh, a little bit of a, you know, a chink in the, the professionalism armor of Booker T, which is, this is not quite as as airtight as it needs to be, Booker. You know that's interesting. I mean, yeah, obviously Booker T has has uh, voiced dislike uh, in the least for uh, Jason Jordan, uh, and Corey Graves kind of gets onto him for that. And then that's kind of what it seemed like this this kind of all all it was. Graves will say like you're always negative about Jason Jordan, and then Booker T will say something nice about J- Jason Jordan. And then Corey would be like, "You just said you hated him, Book." And then they'd kind of go back and forth, and yeah. Well, exactly. And you know what that is? That's Heenan and Monsoon. That's a gimmick. That's that's what happens when you sit at a commentary booth in the realm, in the dominion of professional wrestling. Right. It's a work. I mean, you don't need to get worked up about a work, Booker. I mean, you you understand what I'm saying? Like, I, I just, I, I'm very frustrated by it. Well, you know, Monsoon would say to Heenan, like, will you stop? But you know what? Then Monsoon didn't say, oh, that Bobby Heenan, he really pisses me off. You know what I mean? Right. No. Instead, we get to see Bobby Heenan cry during his Hall of Fame acceptance speech because Gorilla is not there. Because they're professionals who know what it is to disagree on screen and character. And I love Booker T. I really do. But... I think he is completely and totally misguided with this with this uh, with this anger. It did get worse and worse. It seemed um, 
Graves would, uh, and and not even just Jason Jordan uh, being the topic, but Booker T. Uh, Booker T's getting older, you know. He's been in, in you know in wrestling for a very long time, so you know a couple a couple of uh, hits to the head maybe here and there. He, he's kind of he's got what I call older old brain basically. So like he can't always get the thought out that he wants. I know what he's trying to say, and he'll he'll combine two words together on accident, which Corey Graves has kind of gone off him for that. Like, book, what are you talking about, man, or whatever. Um, so I think that Booker T just felt like Corey Graves was making him look stupid on television, which kind of got to Booker T, obviously. Um, so I, I don't know what happened. I don't know when the decision was made for Booker T to, to step down, basically, and and uh, Coachman uh, step right in because it was it was kind of a, a kind of a quick transition. You know, Coachman came out during the 25th anniversary of Raw, like, hey, look at Coachman. Well, you'll see him again in the next 25 years. Uh, you know, <laughs> and no, exactly. I, we reported on Coachman joining the commentary team on Raw last week. That's precisely the feeling that I had following the Raw 25th anniversary. I was like, oh, here's Coach Blast from the past current and future ESPN employee. We'll not see him again unless we're watching Sports Center. Oh, nope, he is on Raw. Lickety split right there in Booker T's place. And they're announcing that, that that's a permanent thing. Yeah, and on uh, this past Raw, uh, Corey Graves actually made a, a, a joke about Booker T uh, uh, to Coach and said, to quote, you better be careful, Coach, or you're going to be doing local radio too. Of course, referring to Booker T doing his podcast. Um, so that that's nice oh to stoke God. that fire. Uh, <laughs> and uh, actually, the New Day on this past SmackDown even made a reference uh, to uh, Booker T, who wants to fight uh, Corey Graves uh, over this whole ordeal. Uh, Big E said something about Corey Graves is like left hook or something like that. Uh, because Booker T's upset. I mean, he's super upset about this. He even went on somewhat of a rant uh, on his podcast. Uh, not that there are other podcasts, folks. Um, but Booker T does have a podcast. Uh, Heated Conversations podcast is what he said. And uh, I, I, I'm i not going to read it to you because it's just too long. And, and it's, it's very angry. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Oh my god, here, no. <laughs> oh man, oh man, you got, you got, you got to catch me on my Heated Conversations podcast, podcast. But the whole uh, reference show, they got it going on. But you come forty equipped because you could get hurt. Now can you dig that, sucker? Uh, Booker T, welcome back to the whole reference show. I, I can't take <laughs> it. Please don't uh, hold anything that I've just said against me. Well, let me just say this. Let me just say this. If I catch Corey Graves on the street, I'm going to do something to him. I ain't going to do it at the office, man. I ain't going to do it at the airport. But if I catch Corey Graves on the street, you see that little that little bouffant hairdo we got? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to rearrange it for him. Can you, you feel me? You feel me? Uh, yeah. You feel me? You feel me? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I feel you, Buck. You feel, oh! Oh, thank okay. God. Thank God Darren felt him. Obviously, the only way to, to get rid of Booker T is you must feel him 
uh, when he asks <laughs> for you to feel him. And uh, what he said is actually the the last half of what he said about Corey Graves on uh, his podcast. So uh, he just repeated himself, man. Thank you for Booker T for coming in, taking the time. It's always scary, and I disappear completely whenever he shows up. I don't. I'm too scared to speak when Booker, Booker T is around. Um, anyway, if, if they got into a real fight, Darren, Booker T would devastate Corey Graves. Let's go ahead and talk about that. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just imagining you disappearing and uh, I don't know what, I don't know. I Obviously, the SpaceX thing is on my mind and I was, man, I was blending a lot of things together. I was blending you disappearing and sort of being like Superman and Clark Kent. Then I thought, well, maybe you just ran to the bathroom. So what could possibly be the solution to that? Well, uh, you have to start wearing adult diapers, and right. that way you can interact with Booker T. Right. Remember that crazy uh, astronaut woman who wore the adult diapers to drive across the country? And then I started thinking about Elon Musk. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's why I was so quick to reach out and feel Booker T. It's because I needed to needed to watch the uh, the – SpaceX launch again. But yes, <laughs> let's talk about Corey Graves getting devastated in a real-life fight with Booker T. Okay, Corey Graves, we know that he's fragile. He's very fragile. That's why Triple H said, get out of the ring, get your ass to Mars, much like SpaceX. SpaceX. Okay, there you go. And, <laughs> and get in the commentary booth. I'm glad he did it. I enjoyed Corey Graves as a wrestler, I really enjoy Corey Graves as an announcer. Booker T is twice Corey Graves' size. Booker T comes from the streets, literally, not just a gimmick. (laughs) And Booker T, talk about having old brain, I can almost promise you, dude's got old man strength on top of big ass man strength and Pro wrestler strength. Oh no, Booker so, T video. The video of Booker T uh, of him at a gym recently, and he looked like better shape than he ever was on Nitro. For God's sake, like yeah, I don't. First of all, I don't know how that happens. I don't know. Steve Austin, as old as he is, he looks better than at any point he did in his career <laughs> in terms of like both bulk and like vascularity. The dude it looks like uh, an amazingly accomplished. Uh, gym rat, but yeah, Booker T would rip Corey Graves apart. He would send him to an early grave, an an early Corey grave, precisely. There you go. Okay. Um. So yeah, uh, it is obviously a bad situation, and hopefully Corey Graves can just message Booker T and say, "Hey, man, like, I, I it's it's a work. I'm working you or." Or, you know, if that'll even help at all. I think Booker T just needs to kick his ass one good time. Corey Graves has a face. You know, he he does have a face that just needs to be punched one good time, Darren. Wow. It's all the neck tattoos. It's all the neck tattoos. Little hipster haircut. I I, I do want to see Corey Graves get beaten uh, just once. Just once. Wow. I didn't say killed. I didn't say anything has to get broken, but... Some people just need to get their ass kicked one good time, as I've always said. Oh, man. Are you one of those people? No. I said some people, not all people. Oh, okay. All right. You know, well, Hitler, uh... Hitler, Stalin, you know, Corey Graves, they all need to get their ass kicked one good time. 
Wow, that's uh, I'm I'm a little surprised to hear that. I uh, I don't have any such ill will towards Corey Graves whatsoever. He's one of my very favorite commentators, and I like the neck tattoos. I like the little bouffant haircut. You gonna get a bouffant you know? haircut? What's that? You gonna get a bouffant haircut? I'm not gonna get one, but I don't do I don't mimic everything that I enjoy. You gonna get some some neck tattoos? No. No. Def- well, yeah, maybe. No, you maybe. said no. Earlier you said no. I'm, I'm going to get Corey Graves' neck tattoos. I'm going to get Corey Graves t- tattooed on my neck. So it will have his neck with his tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're going to get a tattoo of Corey Graves' neck on your neck. So that it'll be your neck will have his neck saying... Uh, Corey, what was it? It'll say Corey Graves. I was, I thought, I thought you were gonna go the Undertaker route. Corey Graves. I thought you were gonna get the go the Undertaker route. Like he had his ex-wife Sarah's name tattooed on his throat, and you were gonna have Corey Graves tattooed on your throat. And then when when you guys' relationship went sour, you would you would have to get a tattoo over it, which cannot feel good, by the way. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know. <laughs> And, and you know, Sarah was kind of a tacky enough tattoo, but whatever, like, like... He loved her, Darren. Well, and Diamond Dallas Page did, too. Well... That's why he stalked her. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, That that, that was a work, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. That was not a real thing. DDP did not stalk a woman, as far as we know. (laughs) Well, I mean, hey, if, if Booker T hates Corey Graves... For, for something that he's doing in character, then The Undertaker can hate DDP for doing something in character as well. This Am is, I right? This is true. This is true. If Corey Graves is indeed in character, as you say, I don't know. He, he does he does use the word dummy a lot, and that's a very Heenan thing. To me, to me that, that's a big throw to Heenan constantly. So Yeah, if there is an ele- you know, if Corey Graves is using this opportunity in order to shoot on people, then that's not very professional. But I really don't think that's what it is. I think the guy is just that good at his job. And people are so used to, you know, the jester, the court jester that is Jerry Lawler, a jester in his own royal court, you know, and then the just blandness, the the droning blandness of Michael Cole. That you know <laughs> Wow. You got like, heat with Michael Cole. Is it gonna be the whole ref and show against Michael Cole and Corey Graves? Special ring enforcer, <laughs> special ring enforcer Booker T. <laughs> you know, it might be. I would gladly participate. I would do my part in that match just to get my hands on Michael Cole for once. Because, you know, there's some people that just need to be punched in the face. <laughs> well, wow. I'm, I'm surprised I'm hearing this. The guy's just doing his job. And if you don't like that. Hitler. Stalin. Michael Cole. <laughs> I have hated Michael Cole since the very first time I saw his frosted tips. Oh my god! His Van Dyke appear on Monday Night Raw back in the Attitude Era. I said, "Don't like that guy. Don't want him. Don't need him. Get thee to a nunnery." And yet we have been forced to watch him for twenty more years. He used Please to have a pretty sweet fire. stash. I remember he had that mustache forever, and then he, he trimmed the mustache, and I was like, I'll never get used to this. And he's had 
no mustache longer than he's had a mustache. So that, that, that's a very, very odd thing. So you know what, Darren? You know what? Speaking of WWE commentators, we happen to have on our show a very special guest, former SmackDown, former NXT commentator, Rich Brennan, real name Rich Bokini. He does commentary now for Defy, Wrestle Circus, MLW, and of course, the reason why we brought him on today's show, Fest Wrestling. We're going to talk about all the exciting action going down this weekend in Florida for Fest Wrestling. This Friday and Saturday, February 9th and 10th, Fest Wrestling will be double fisting. Two shows back-to-back, one in St. Augustine at the St. Augustine Amphitheater, and the other one, of course, Gainesville, eight seconds. And uh, Love is a Battlefield 2, Electric Boogaloo, Night 1 and Night 2. Well, Love is certainly a battlefield if you're double fisting. (laughs) It certainly is. Well, I I mean, I I think uh, the first thing I want to do is I want to welcome Rich Bokini back to the show. Oh, hello, gentlemen. I was leading up to that. Yes, we, of course, have to bring on Rich Bokini, our good friend, and, of course, the voice of Fest. Did I just hear something about you guys trying to fist each other? What? (laughs) (laughs) No, when you you have two alcoholic beverages, it's called fisting. Double fisting. Come on. Double fisting. Okay. Double fisting, of course. Well. Uh Uh-huh. Don't (laughs) mind me, guys. My voice is a little scratchy. I I got a flu shot last week. Nice. And I don't believe the bullshit when people tell you that uh, you don't get sick from a flu shot. Because I like I got the thing, I felt like crap the next day, and I've been sniffly ever since. That's no good. No. I know, like, who do you believe? I mean, like, who are you supposed to believe? I mean, hashtag I'm with Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> she doesn't vaccinate her kids or anything, right? Right. She's one of those, she's one of those right? She's exactly. one of those. So, exactly so, 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 her, so, her, so her kid is the kid that infects everybody else with, like, the fucking German measles or polio which hasn't been around since the 50s because she doesn't want to vaccinate her kids it's her fault exactly yeah <laughs> and i'm anything hashtag anything but with jay mccarthy for the record well that's okay um obviously we're all excited about flu shots but of course we're even more excited about uh fest wrestling and like i said on friday and saturday uh, the 9th and the 10th we have two shows now night one love is a battlefield two uh we have of course the beginning the uh very first round of the Love Cup, Battle for the Love Cup. A lot of great tag teams involved in this one. Last year, we had the Love Cup won by the team called Twins. It was Brian Cage and Sammy Callahan. They took it all. They took everyone to the limit. And there at eight seconds in Gainesville, Florida, they took home the Love Cup. They put on the heart-shaped sunglasses. And boy, did they set the crowd on fire. And, uh, <laughs> and guess what? For their trouble, they don't get invited back. <laughs> no, they're not, no, they're not. They're not here. I, I suppose it's one of those deals. You win once, and then you're you're uh, further disqualified. It's like winning on the radio. You can't <laughs> win again. I, you know what I mean? You've got it. Uh, whatever it is, thirty days or a year. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, they they, they wrestled three like, times in one day for that Love Cup, so they're probably a little bit more, a little bit, bit exhausted from that. But uh, yeah, they're not back for this one. But that's okay because plenty of other tag teams are taking their places. Eleven teams, gentlemen. There's eleven total teams that are vying for this thing this year. The Love Cup is growing. Our love is in the air, and the Jim Nasty Boys take on Capital Vices, the first two teams going at it. Jim Nasty Boys, who have certainly made a huge impression 
for the Fest Wrestling crowd and really all over the Southeast. These dudes are Jim and they are nasty. You could say that. They've, um, I don't know that I've necessarily appreciated some of their tactics. They've uh, kind of showed up unannounced at times and got involved in things that maybe they shouldn't be involved in. But there's, they're certainly talented. I have to give them the edge in this one, probably mostly because I have no idea who Capital Vices are. I've never seen them. I don't know anything about them. Well, I know that uh, there's a dude who uh, sports a pretty fine mustache, and uh, I, I believe they're calling themselves Sin and Money. Okay. And, uh, but I don't know a whole lot about them otherwise. But uh, gymnasties, man, right there, and especially you know being uh, not really hometown, but kind of a kind of homers in this match. I got to give them the edge. Um, again, just knowing what knowing what they're able to do and some of the tactics that they're they're willing to uh, to employ to win a match you, you have to see them advancing into the second round on saturday yeah capital vice is gonna have to play dirty if they want to <laughs> go against the gymnasty boys who most certainly will play nasty uh we also got the team of tnt taking on everyone's favorite fest team awaken and by favorite i mean least favorite leon scott and wolf taylor gotta give them the edge in this one as well tnt again another team that i'm not familiar with a lot of new names coming into uh coming into fest for this weekend um tag teams from all over the southeast from from all over the country really uh but awaken has they've kind of claimed fest wrestling as their own um and they you know they haven't necessarily had the maybe the amount of success that they've wanted but uh you know they they are uh if you want home field advantage, I mean, Leon Scott, it, it is clear home field advantage for Leon Scott. I wonder if Vanda will be around at all to help uh, tilt the scales in their favor. We shall see. You imagine. Uh, and, and that's that's true. Uh, TNT, however, uh, Terrence and Terrell Dudley. So they, these are Devon Dudley's kids uh, that are involved in the Love Cup. That's kind of interesting, right? Looking forward to seeing them wrestle. Yeah, definitely. De- I, I like Devon a lot. He's a good guy. Um, and, you know, he and, he and Bubba... Fantastic trainers. They they've trained so many so many talented wrestlers out of uh, out of their Team 3D Academy, and you know when you when you come from the pedigree, look at any father son whether it's baseball whether it's hockey football wrestling. Clearly, there's like you know there's a lot of sons who have followed in uh, in their dad's footsteps. Clearly, Devon is going to have you know the training and just the, everything that they would pick up from Devon and from the Dudleys has to give them an edge in this match, but. Um, first time coming into fest, it can be a little disorienting at times because it's just the atmosphere. If you're not quite sure what to make of it, it's just a different kind of an atmosphere. And when you have guys that, that, that are, you know, like the Vandals and the, and the Leon Scott's and, you know, uh, some, some of the, I guess the, the minions that, uh, that Leon has following him around. Um, you know, I, again, I, ha- I have to give them the edge because TNT first time coming into fest again, I haven't seen them. I don't know how long they've been wrestling. I'm gonna have to look that up. Um, you would think again with the training from from the Dudleys that maybe that gives them the edge, but I, I still have to pick Awaken in this one just because of the experience factor uh, in Gainesville in particular. Yeah, for sure. I'm also going with Awaken. I, I feel like uh, Leon is going to really pull out the stops, and uh, he doesn't have to worry about putting Effie away or or anything like that. He can focus on this cup, and uh, yeah, especially if he turns his his tag team bouts into into a three man uh, advantage. It's it's going to be a, a given. You got to look too. You know um, the the brothers are first of all very young, twenty two years old, fraternal twins. Um, you know they've started to, to kind of pick up a, a little bit of a little bit of steam here in Central Florida. 
and beyond. Um, not surprisingly, they use the 3D as their finishing maneuver. So, um, first of all, I'm, I, would, I would be excited to see if Devon actually makes it out to the show. As far as I know, he's still an agent for WWE. So I, I'm going to assume that he's going to be on the road. But I, I would love to see Devon uh, just kind of show up incognito at, at, at the Fest show on Saturday. That would be really cool uh, <laughs> to see him there. And, uh, you know, just to get to, to talk to him a little bit. I haven't seen him in a while. But, um, you know, they, these are two kids, again, 22 years old. They're very, very young. They've only been, you know, uh, they, they were on Impact Wrestling a couple years ago. So, it, again, they've been around by osmosis. There's a lot of things that they're going to learn, but they're still very, very, very young. Absolutely. Uh, well, moving on, we actually got some tag teams that are kind of just forced together. Uh, Angel Rose and Shane Strickland. Angel Rose making her comeback. It seems like her arm took forever to heal. We kept seeing her around Fest, but not actually directly involved in Fest until uh, she was involved in a match. I think it was a scramble match where she got kind of wiped out by Vandal. And ever since then, we have not seen Angel Rose in action. So good to see her back. Uh, and I, I believe at last... Uh, at last, Love Cup, uh, Strickland and Rose were also t- teaming together, I'm pretty sure. Uh, they're taking on pop culture, but get this. It's Jason Cade and Leva Bates, not oh, Veda Scott. Where's Veda? Who knows? Do we know? Who knows? MIA? That, 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 that yeah. could be the new Where's Carmen Sandiego. I'm terribly, <laughs> terribly curious. Is Leva, I mean, are we getting... Are we getting get, are we getting Leva Scott? I mean, is she gonna don one? the don the plaid miniskirt and the the glasses? And I, I think Jason Jason Cage had also don the plaid miniskirt and glasses. He <laughs> he cosplayed as Santa Claus for the last show, so I I don't see why not. It'd be kind of funny if Leva came out uh, cosplaying Sheen Strickland in this one. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? She had the little dreads and the, the yeah. whole thing. Um, I've seen her do so, you know I, I've seen her as Leva Taker. I've seen her as. Um, Oh God, she cosplayed Sammy Callahan once. She was Sandman from 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 Leva. Uh, I I gotta I gotta give Angel and Strickland the the nod in this one just because um, Kate and uh, Kate and, uh, and 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 Leva. I mean, they're talented. There, there's no question about that. But you know, Jason Kate, you know, you're used to having one particular partner in a match with you. When when you change that up, it obviously changes the dynamic. Right. And uh, you know, it's, it's it's not like Rose and Strickland are. You know, it's not like they tag together all the time. I just think it kind of works in their favor because if you're used to a certain thing, you're used to you're used to your partner knowing certain things that 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 gives you an advantage. On the flip side, if you go in there and it's the first time that that you're um, that you're tagging with somebody, the first time that you're tagging with somebody in a while, you know, may, maybe maybe you're not relying so much on what you think your partner is going to do. You follow my logic on this? I do. Or, or am I leading you down a road where you, what is he talking about? No, no. <laughs> no, I, I totally get you. I totally get you. <clears throat> you get yeah. what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you have to gel together. Oh, yeah. uh, and, and these, I mean, obviously, Leva Bates could absolutely look the part of Veda Scott. And, you know, Leva Bates has her own skill set, of course. Doesn't mean that they're going to flow the way pop culture normally flows. So I absolutely get you. Absolutely. In all reality, Jason Cade has really, I mean, Jason Cade doesn't have a lot of success uh, on, like, he doesn't have a lot of notches on his belt in Gainesville, Florida. Um, And by, you know, by proxy, St. Augustine. Jason Cade, I think he's fighting from underneath here, just as sort of a fest whipping boy. Do you want to tell him that, that he's the fest whipping boy? I think I, I think I would. I think I would. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, that, that's interesting. I, I will wait for you 
<laughs> you're going to be in St. Augustine. I'm going to tell Jason that you said that. Say, here's the guy who says that you're Fest Whipping Boy. Right. And see what he has to say about that. I have to give the nod to Angel Rose and to Strickland simply because Angel coming back. I mean, you know, you know what it's you know what it's like. You're sitting on the bench. You're injured. You can't wait to get back in there. You know, it. And, and you mentioned it. I mean, over the past year, it's like she's there. She's almost ready to go, and then I think she hurt. I think she hurt her arm again. Yeah. I think it's two. I, I could be mistaken, but I think she got hurt twice. She might have hurt her knee team, her knee as well. Now that I think about it. Um. However, she's been raring to go. She's been raring to get back in there, and and, and you match that up with Shane Strickland, a guy who, uh, you know, at one point held multiple championships all around the country. I gotta believe that they have the, the that they have the edge. Right. And just to be sure, uh, Jason Cade, uh, Darren is the one with the mustache. He's the one with the mustache. I don't, I don't have a mustache. That's who you got to beef with, my friend. Um, I think you're a fine wrestler, but um, not the only ones, of course. Uh, more teams kind of thrown together. Carlina Gore and Saeed Al Sabah. Uh, Carlina Gore was on hand at the last San Augustine Fest show. She fought in a triple threat match qualifier for. The uh, pickle, pickle in the tree match, actually, uh, which she was not victorious. Looking for victory here with Saeed Al Sabah. They're taking on the Metro Brothers. Tell me about the Metro Brothers. Any, Metro you know anything Brothers. about them? Yeah. Are, are, they, are they an unknown quantity coming into this tournament? Yeah, yeah. I don't know a lot about, like, uh, I don't know about when lost, that sort of thing. Uh, they, they look like a couple of greasers, like Chris and JC. They got this 50s thing going, you know, uh, t shirts, blue jeans, uh, a couple of, you know, Ruffians, uh, straight out of the past. A couple coming, of street toughs. <laughs> yeah, a couple of street toughs. And, uh, you know, I don't know much about them other than that. But, you know, we, we've seen Carlina Gore and Saeed Al-Sabah now multiple times. And I'll tell you, Saeed Al-Sabah, he did not get a warm reception when he first showed up at Fest. But he has won over that crowd in, in eight seconds for sure. Another young guy who who started to do a lot of things around uh, around you know he's uh, been involved with MLW he's been involved in some uh, um, some really interesting matches and he and uh, Mike Perot <clears throat> if you're familiar with Mike Perot um, yeah. yeah his his story recently you know recently came out he's gay getting getting married um, but it's, it's really really an interesting story about how he um, you know Perot uh, just struggled with who he was. For a long time. Uh, really interesting story. If, if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, uh, it's Mike Perot, P-A-R-R-O-W. Really interesting interview. I think it was like Gay Star News or something that, that originally put the story out. And all the wrestling press picked it up. Really, really interesting story. Awesome feel-good story. Uh, but long story short, he's been involved in in, uh, in some battles with Saeed Al-Sabah. Sabah has taken the, the easy way out, the cheap way out, brass knuckles, that kind of thing. And he's, you know, been kind of a, a bit of a muckraker as well at Fest. So we'll see if that carries over into this matchup. Uh, Carlina Gore, we got a, our first look at her at Fest, like you said, at St. Augustine um, in December. I do know that her and Shane Strickland, I don't know if I'm, you know, breaking kayfabe here or not, but they're a couple. Uh, so I'm kind of surprised that Carlina and Strickland didn't team together. Yeah, um, I was, you know I, what I mean? I was hoping, yeah, I was hoping we might see that actually. Uh, they're all over Instagram together, and I thought that would be a really wicked tag team. So maybe in the future, maybe we'll see that uh, further down the line. Uh, in this one, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give the uh, uh, the nod to Gore and Al Sabah. Um, I know them a little bit more. 
more familiar with their work. I mean, listen, that's not taking anything anything away from the Metro Brothers. I don't want to take anything away from TNT or Capital Vices that you know the teams that we picked against here that I picked against so far. Um, I, I think like anything, you're gonna you're gonna lean a little bit more towards the teams that you're more familiar with. But um, you know, we have what? There's 11 teams that we said 11 teams in this thing. Correct. Ten in the ten in the first round. Tech is actually getting a, a first round buy into the second round. These are some of the best tag teams all over the Southeast and all over. Uh, the East Coast, really. You, get, you know, the Ugly Ducklings, for instance, they, they're in a match against the Coda. The Ducklings, big in North Carolina, but have really, really made a name for themselves in Gainesville. And they're trying to expand what, what they do. So um, some of the best teams anywhere, some of the best competitors anywhere coming together in this tournament. Some teams that you maybe wouldn't otherwise expect to see. Currently, Nagor and Saeed Al-Sabah, for example. Um, but this is going to be a lot of fun. Two nights. Uh, when you know you go to that last bracket there, the Ugly Ducklings and the Coda, we got our first look at the Coda, I think, in uh, in St. Augustine, right? Or was it Gainesville? It was Gainesville. It was Gainesville. Yeah, it was Gainesville. Okay. The night two of the pickle, we got to see the Coda, and I think they're a perfect example. They kind of uh, until December they would have fit into that category with the Metro Brothers and Capital Vices as. Who the hell are these guys? And, and they were and those had, guys. That They were those guys the last time we did this review. It was like, we don't know. And now we right. know. So basically, I mean, this is about winning the, the Love Cup, of course, ultimately. But also, it's about making that name for yourself. So next time, we're like, oh, those guys. Let me tell you about those guys. Instead of <laughs> those know, what, guys. What's really cool. Yeah, and what's really cool about that, I think it adds an extra level to it, is uh, getting to, to talk with Ronnie Rios of the CODA. And know that not only was that their first show, and now this is, you know, now they're, now we're Fest regulars. Now the Codas are Fest regulars. But to hear him talk at Pickle in the Tree and learn that he had actually been at Fest as a fan. That's awesome. awesome. That's very cool for him. And so there's multiple layers just with Ronnie Rios in terms of uh, what his relationship is to Fest Wrestling. And I I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, I'm going to go ahead and put myself and Barry over here. Nothing <laughs> like putting yourself over. But to, to have done the same thing, to have sort of wandered up, uh, you know, over a year ago to the for our first Fest Wrestling show. And <laughs> wandered then up. Her, and then kind of un- un- unconsciously, oh, what is this? <laughs> oh, wrestling. Hello. You know, almost. Almost. Right. Well, yeah, we sort of like, <laughs> exactly. We sort of blindly followed Effie from Tifton, Georgia to Gainesville, Florida. And we're like, oh, okay. Uh, and then, you know, less than a year later, we found ourselves on stage at the fest. And, you know, that it was what one of the neatest parts about having that conversation with, with Ronnie Rios was that reality that that this is so, so possible for so many different people. So, you know, here we are we, six months from now or maybe next year, we're talking about Capital Vices, the first ever best tag team champions, or something crazy. Well, that, you know that is, that is the fun thing with with the tag team tournament, especially is that you can bring in some of these teams that otherwise may not have an opportunity to come in for whatever reason. Um, you know, you don't want to put too many tag team matches to you know whatever the case is. So it's a cool opportunity for some of these teams, like you said, to come in and establish themselves, so that next time, oh yeah, those guys again. I'm still giving the nod to uh, to the Ugly Ducklings. <laughs> I you know I, I I can totally see them and Tech because that's whoever wins that Ugly Ducklings Coda match will go on to face Tech. Um, it would be a huge 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 upset for the Coda to knock off the Ducklings, and you know the Ducklings want to get their hands on Tech again. So 
that's my pick there, the Ugly Ducklings. But, uh, man, the Coda, can, hey, think about that. If they win that matchup, that would be probably the biggest upset of the entire thing. That'd be a pretty big upset indeed. They'd have to, <laughs> they'd be fighting Awaken in a battle for biggest heel tag team uh, in, in that case. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Coda's got a, a big challenge ahead of them, but they're, they're, they're tough dudes. They can po- possibly take out the Ducks, who, as you said, and as Rob Killjoy actually said on the show, always wants to beat up on Tech. Uh, I'm sure Lance Lewis echoes that sentiment as well. Uh, so a lot of tag action, and and you know from these brackets, we'll see who moves on tonight too, uh, which is at eight seconds. Again, we're still in San Augustine Amphitheater for this one. This is Friday's show. Uh, some singles action as well. Matt Cross taking on MJF. Perry, 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 Perry. Well, what? Real quick, uh, <laughs> Rich, you might want to put uh, you might want to earmuffs here for a second. I don't think Rich likes MJF very much. <sighs> He's a garbage human being. Like seriously, I've, I've met I've met lots of awesome people in the wrestling business. Some not so awesome people as well. Um, but by far, MJF, the biggest garbage human being that I have ever, ever, ever met in my life. Wow. Seriously, I saw him. I saw him go up to a homeless guy once in Orlando and knock a cup of change out of his hand. <laughs> I don't doubt that for one second. I don't doubt that for a second. He he, he went up to him. The guy, oh, you know, can you spare some name? He kind of gave him that look, knocked the cup of change out of his hand, and then, you know, proceeded to just embarrass the guy. I mean, he, he, listen, everything that MJF puts out there, he's got the scarf, he's got the attitude, like, you know, oh, it's wrestling, ha, 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 right? No, that's that's how that kid really is. That's how he, he he is a despicable human being. He is the epitome of excess. <laughs> Listen, if you hate Donald Trump and you hate everything that Trump brings to the table and everything that a guy like Trump is about, multiply that by about 10. Wow. For he, like, seriously, he wow. is a terrible yeah, He's a terrible example of, of a human being. There's no compassion in him. There's nothing. There's nothing redeemable about him. Yes, he's a good wrestler. Maybe that's about it. There's nothing redeemable about that guy. Wow. Well... Who do you who do you think should win between Matt Cross versus MJ? <laughs> it sounds like I hope, a major I hope pick. Matt Cross kicks his ass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'm going to have to change my hashtags from Trump hashtag Trump's America to hashtag MJF's America. Yeah, hit me up. God, God help us all. Well, God help us all. Well, I mean, I'm I'm going with Matt Cross for you know even beyond all the reasons that Rich just gave us. Uh, Matt Cross, obviously a great wrestler, has really proven himself. He's a veteran uh, of the uh, the business for sure. Also a friend of the show, you may recall from our live at the fest show we did with Matt Cross. Rich, you were there, um, mm-hmm. which was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I mean, I got, I just love seeing Matt Cross wrestle. He's gonna have that crowd on his side for sure. MJF, I don't think anyone's ever applauded MJF. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah. I'm gonna go. He applauds himself. You know, he he looks in the mirror and he applauds and says, see, they like me. That's what he does. <laughs> he, he needs the Barry Horowitz gimmick of, like, the, the patting himself on the back thing. Uh-huh. I, I think yeah. I think he should yeah, inherit yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he lives that gimmick. He lives that gimmick. <laughs> it's not. Here's what I'm saying. It is not a gimmick. He's not living a gimmick. That's him. That's him. He's living. Period. All right. <laughs> All right, so good luck to Matt Cross on that one, I suppose. 
Uh, that'll take us to the main event of the first night. Obviously, the whole weekend, uh, we have the Love Cup going on, the battle for that. That's very important. But also, the Fest Wrestling Championship is going to be defended on night two in Gainesville at eight seconds. But night one, we get just a little taste, just a little taste of it as Team Effie, which is the team of Effie, obviously, Beastly, and what was once Aria Blake is now actually Ariel Monroe, uh, taking on Team Sue, which is, of course, Sue Young, Priscilla Kelly, and Darby Allen. Speaking of wrestling couples. You know, one uh, one thing that's crazy here is you say that we're getting a little taste of Night 2's main event here at Night 1. But it's, it is. it is It's the match and more so. It's like, okay, so we're going to have Thanksgiving dinner. So the appetizer is Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a fun match to watch on, uh, you know, the Undead Bride, Sue Young, best champion for more than a year, teaming up with Darby Allen and, and Priscilla Kelly. That's like Team Darkness. Great... <clears throat> yeah, it really, it really is. I mean, Darby's uh, just a different, different guy. He has no regard for his safety or anybody, anybody else's, really. I mean, he launches himself around the ring in a way that, um, and, you know, this isn't hyperbole, this isn't whatever i mean he really the way that he flies around the ring and some of the stuff that he does you wonder if the elevator goes all the way to the top <laughs> you know what i mean um he he is fearless fearless and you know actually i, I think the story with him if you go back i, I think there were some things that happened to him when when he was younger and it's a very punk rock thing you know no tomorrow live life for today there's no tomorrow but i think he saw things in his life that led him to that mindset. Whereas, you know what? Like, I don't, I don't know what's happening tomorrow, but I know right now I can make this moment as big as it can be. And I, I'm going to go balls out here. And the funny thing, you know, not the funny thing, but some of the stuff that he does maybe hastens his own demise in some ways, which is really weird. But again, he puts himself on the line and puts his body on the line in a way that, uh, I, you know, I, 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 I I want to compare it to Mick Foley, but I mean, Mick Foley was fearless with some of the stuff that, that he did. It's a different type of a mindset, but almost in the same way where he just he just doesn't care. It, it's, he just wants to win, be a champion. He just doesn't care about his body, though. Well, the impression I get from Darby Allen is he's he's first and foremost, he's a he's a phenomenal wrestler. We, we, we really saw that happen when he fought uh, Shane Strickland and Serpentico in a triple threat match the last time uh, Fest in St. Augustine. Um, but it seems it, it, there, there's an element to him that's kind of like if Johnny Knoxville were a wrestler kind of a thing, mm. kind of this daredevil, that little, that little punk rock edge as well. So it, he, he's also very young as well. So it seems kind of like, I don't know, little Johnny Knoxville meets this really good wrestler. <laughs> I don't know, but I like it. I, yeah, I like I the mean, combination. I, I, can, I can see that with the Johnny Knoxville thing, but it's not as, um, he's not like, he's not like Johnny Knoxville. Like, Hey, look at me. I'm going to, I'm going to go flying off a roof in a shopping cart. He doesn't do shit. Just for the sake of doing it, you know what I right, mean? Right, right. He does. No, he I, does it for the sake of hurting I, his opponent. Absolutely. It's not for the sake of doing it, and it's not for shits and giggles, right. uh, and it's not for a pat on the back. I mean, I, the thing that I would compare when the the visual for the for the wrestling fan who's observing Darby Allen, imagine a, that he is an he is a passenger with no seatbelt in an invisible car. And the way he moves around is a car crash. Yeah, yeah, that's actually probably the best way to the best way to put it. Really is. 
And now, with, I guess, his new love of his life, Priscilla Kelly and Sue Young, Perry said, I mean, Team Darkness, this is a spooky group of folks. And, you know, and then <laughs> Effie, I mean, Effie can turn the mean on, but, like, he's such a good dude and beastly, obviously monstrous, and but a good dude, like, you know. He's a good. He's a good boy. You want to give him a biscuit and pat him on the head, <laughs> you know. So uh, there's a there's a very different complexion on these two teams. So I, I think it's going to be a blast to watch uh, the six person tag. I agree. I'm also looking forward to the uh, the introduction to Fest Wrestling for uh, Ariel Monroe. Uh, unfortunately, Aria Blake uh, injured recently, so she's out for the weekend. But we get uh, Ariel in her stead, and uh, that, that that's kind of a wild card to me now. Because maybe, maybe Team Sue is expecting Arya Blake, and they've seen what Arya's about, but they're not so sure about Monroe. So that, that, that's that's going to be that, that's one for Effie's team, I think. So I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to this collision of bodies. What do you know about Ariel? I know she's competed in Evolve a bit, right? Shine Wrestling as well. Yes. Shine. Okay. So, okay. so, so Florida, Florida centric. I again haven't seen her. I'm excited to always excited to get to see new people, um, but. Uh, I guess with that triple, that you know the the, the six person tag. I mean, come on, Sue, Darby, Priscilla, yikes! It's it's that's a rough. That, that's a rough one. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the, Team Darkness here. I, I definitely have to go with them on uh, on this night. I just feel like it'll be too much. Too much. Too much. And then uh, the next day, <laughs> Sue and Effie get to meet all over again for the Fest Wrestling Championship. But uh, also in, in, uh, in the card for uh, the Saturday, February 10th show at 8 seconds, uh, Matt Cross in action again against this time Serpentico. Do you, do you have nice things to say about Serpentico to balance out the mean things you said about MJF there, Rich? No, I don't have any problem necessarily with Serpentico. Do you? Uh, I never saw him knock change out of a homeless man's hand or his cup, so uh, right. I'll say no. No, he's nice. Nice guy, friend of the show, Serpentico. Learned a lot about him uh, interviewing him. Friend of the him. show, Serpentico. Yeah. Ah, friend of the show. There you go. There's our, there's our, there's our good buddies. A friend of, uh, yeah, <laughs> it'll be fun. I mean, uh, so, you know, uh, you, you get a luchador against somebody who's got that hybrid style like Cross. That'll, that'll be interesting to see what they're able to, 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 to get out of each other. And that's really what a match like that becomes. You know, you have a guy who's a vet like Matt Cross, and Serpentico, um, trying to, I don't want to say trying to reach the level of, of a Matt Cross, but just trying to compete with somebody uh, that's so fluid and that, that can meld so many different styles together. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they push each other to the limits. Well, speaking of people trained by the Dudley Boys, uh, Serpentico was trained by uh, Devon and Bubba Ray at Team 3D Academy. Uh, so a lot of training. We learned a lot about that, uh, again, when we talked to Serpentico on the show. And we've seen this guy in action, and he's great. He pulled out a victory against Darby Allen and Shane Strickland in that triple threat match from the last San Augustine show I mentioned. Um, so it's it's going to be a good match. I mean, you know who's going to win, don't you? The The audience. Ah, <laughs> oh, look at that! Wow, look at that! That's uh, oh god, <laughs> good god! <laughs> You're, you know, oh, never mind. Oh, okay, never mind. Okay, you know, I, I, I really, I think Matt Cross, I think Matt Cross pulls uh, out the victory here. But I'm excited to see Serpentico in a singles match. 
He has his attention. It can be focused on one individual. And uh, unfortunately for him, that individual is Matt Cross. But I think it will be the stage that Serpentico really uh, takes uh, advantage of the situation and elevates himself uh, through this match. I think he is, like Rich, uh, Rich, like you said, I think he's going to move up a notch. He, he, he might be on his way up just by virtue of participating in this match. And I think they will pull all sorts of stuff out of each other in this match. Like literally? Like literally, <laughs> probably. <laughs> exactly. Intestines. And that goes back to the party weapons match that I was thinking about with the uh, the fists. Remember the, the rubber fists? Oh, how can we forget? <laughs> Never mind. Let's not. Let's not. Let's keep. Let's keep. Let's keep this on the up and up. We'll keep this. We'll keep this PG. Um, yep. So we got that week. We have uh, again more tag matches. The uh, the Love Cup winner will be decided on this night at eight seconds. Uh, so that's going to be a battle to the death. We can't really. We can speculate. On who might win it all, but I don't know. I don't want to. I can't. I can't at this point. I really can't. <laughs> I have I just, there's too much talent on these tag teams coming into this thing that I, I couldn't. I couldn't say who's going to make it to the very very end. Do you guys have any thoughts? Oh boy, I'm gonna think the the ugly ducklings are going to go far. I think uh, tag team experience. I might have to give it to the ducks at this point. But I mean, yeah. If Angel Rose and Shane Strickland make it to the end, that's going to be a tough combination of people to deal with. And uh, it awaken again if they're gonna they're gonna cheat their way to the end. You never know what they're capable of. And uh, man, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy to think about. Yep. Well, I think that if the fest wrestling crowd can push anybody on to victory, it will be the Ugly Ducklings. I think they have that distinct advantage is that they will have the crowd uh, 110% behind them. So whether they win it or not, I completely agree. They're going very, very far in this thing. Absolutely. I'm with you there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, all that's left would be the main event match. The, the weekend building up to this. Actually, the last year or more building up to this. This is Effie. Going for the gold, taking on Sue Young, the reigning and defending Fest Wrestling Champion. She's been the champ for over a year, and Effie thinks it's time. <laughs> Effie thinks it's his time. What do you guys think? Oh, man. Well, Effie has uh, had quite the year, hasn't he? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You think, you know, the battles with, with Awaken, you wonder if that's really done with. Is it, is it, you know, I, I think that Effie is always going to be a target. So I hate to think that as, as this match is going on, you get one of the awakened guys who comes out and does something to, you know, we, 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 we got to do our best to make sure that that doesn't happen. But in a, in a, in a, in a, listen, in a one-on-one -on -one match, um, I mean, how do you, how do you prepare for Sue Young? And that, that that's, that's the toughest part because you never know what she's going to do. She's just so weird and so unpredictable. And, you know, so oh, it was wrestlers unpredictable or whatever, but she is, you never, she just snaps. You never know where she's going to, what she's going to do, what she's going to do next or what she's going to pull out next or where her mind is. Um, but the momentum behind Effie the way that the fans there love him and support him, man, that might carry him past some of the, some of the weird stuff that, that Sue's able to pull out and some of the creepy stuff that makes you not want to, uh, you know, kind of makes you recoil a little bit when you see her come in and the risk of the blood and the, you know, the dolls, and just God knows whatever else. You remember the time she brought a gift? She had that weird gift. It was like a baby doll or whatever the hell she had. Like, it's just weird stuff. <laughs> you can get past all of that. I, I, 
I think that the crowd might, um, you know, the crowd might be able to lift Effie through some of that stuff and, and, and push him on to the to the next level. I honestly can't think of anybody besides Sue Young who would be a great representative of what best wrestling is all about than Effie. So I'm going to say it right here. I'm pulling for him to win. I don't know that he's going to be able to get it done, but I really, you know, to me, best and Effie, all that together, um, he really does epitomize what Fest is all about. It's about acceptance. It's about having fun. It's You know what I mean? Be you. Do you, right? Um, Absolutely. Live your best life right there exactly. in front of everyone. And that's and that that's that's what it's about, and uh, you know I can only hope for uh, you know for Effie that uh, that becomes a reality for him. Yeah, I think one of the most amazing things uh, before uh, the most amazing thing is going to be the match. But until Saturday night, February tenth, the most amazing thing so far has been that promo package that popped up on YouTube. And it's just a couple minutes long. And dear listeners, if you have not seen it, please check it out. Effie himself basically narrates the history of Effie in Fest Wrestling. And that story is told so well. I cannot, I really can't believe how almost poetic uh, his journey has been. Even with the setbacks, even all of the setbacks at the hands of Leon Scott and Awaken it all leads directly to this match on Saturday night. And the fact that it is Sue Young and, and, and Rich, like you said, uh, how could anybody be a better representative than Sue Young? But if it, it is, it's Effie. I mean, and it, it's like, it's, this is, I mean, they're both very young. They both have many, many years of wrestling ahead of them. And I'd love to see them battle many times for the Fest belt. But in a way, it almost seems like it's that moment of passing the torch. Here's Fest growing again. And I think growing in that direction from Sue, who's coming off a remarkable, remarkable championship reign, if it ends up around Effie's waist at the end of the night, that's that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, you could say it's it's poetic and it's you know the type of story that uh, that you could write that movies are made out of or, or that type of thing. Um, e- listen, either way, if if Sue walks out as the champion, then you know uh, it, it elevates Effie a little bit. I'm sure, he's going to be disappointed, but if he's able to pull out the victory again, I, I have I have to say it. I can't think of anybody, maybe besides Sue, who's just a, a great example of what Fest is about. So I'm pulling for Effie in that one. I will give both these competitors all the credit in the world. Uh, Sue has been a great champion this past year. She's fended off people like you know Jessica Havoc, Sammy Callahan, Chuck Taylor, uh, Holla Dead. It goes on and on and on. And and to Sue's credit, one of her best attributes to me is she kind of she wrestles her opponent's match the way they wrestle. Like she's very adaptable. You know, she doesn't have that size, but she and you wouldn't think there's a lot going on behind that that painted white face. But she's very clever. She's very smart. She's very cunning, and she'll wrestle your match your way. She'll beat you at your own game, which has been always interesting to watch, always entertaining to see. Uh, and she's just really good at what she does. Effie, on the other hand, phenomenal wrestler. He's showing he's he's shown us he can wrestle any kind of match. Um, and if he doesn't get the win, he can at least get very, very close to winning. 
Um, and he's defied all these odds, you know, awaken. And there's no way Leon Scott's done with Effie, right? I mean, Leon Scott tried to, to, to snatch that pickle away from Effie at Pickle in the Tree, the last best show. There's no way. There's no way Leon Scott will ever be done with Effie. Uh, hopefully he's he's not involved at all because I want to see this match between Effie and Sue. I think all of Fest Wrestling needs to see this match. All the fans are behind this. When these two stood in the ring next to each other at the last show at Pickle 2, the, the fans were divided, man, and that doesn't happen. I'm with you there. And I think the, you know, the adjective that you use in there, cunning, eh, that, that's pretty much all you need to know in, you know, in a nutshell about Sue Young. So we'll see what happens. Man. It'll be fun. The fans win. <laughs> oh, like that one, the do nice, you? <laughs> the nice, the nice, the nice people win. We just want to entertain the nice people. Yeah, yeah, of course. The uh, the, 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 nice, the, the, the nice people will get their money's worth. Absolutely. So I'm looking forward to it. You know, it, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. That is two nights of fest wrestling, folks. Love is a battlefield. Two electric boogaloo night one and two. The first night in San Augustine at the San Augustine Amphitheater. VIP, 7 o'clock, door 7.30, bell 8 o'clock. Get your tickets at Ticketmaster. Night 2 is uh, the 10th, 8 seconds in Gainesville. VIPs, 5 o'clock, 5.30 doors, 6 o'clock bell. Get your tickets at festwrestling.limitedrun.com. And that's all you need to know. So there's no excuse to not be there, right? Yeah. No excuse. No, no excuse. excuse. Go there, find Rich. He'll talk to you about wrestling. He'll sign autographs for you. Uh, he'll buy you beer. Fuck, who the fuck wants my autograph? <laughs> Jesus, let's, let's not. Come on now, let's not. Let's let's not uh, make this thing you know crazier than, than it is. Maybe like I'm not signing autographs for anybody. <laughs> maybe maybe MJF. Maybe MJF. Yeah, yeah. Why would you? He would. You think he would? No. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm not. I'm not opposed to signing shit for. I'm just saying, like, like seriously, who the fuck wants me to sign stuff? Nobody. So let's, let, you know, let's not, let's not, let's not, let's not pump my tires that much. Rich, Rich, please stop putting yourself over. We get it. <laughs> Everyone loves you. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Rich, uh, for those who don't know, uh, obviously you're the voice of Fest Wrestling, you and uh, Max Gregg, uh, but where else might we hear you? Tell our fans, tell our listeners. Uh, well, you can hear me on MLW Radio, the flagship with Larry Dallas um, and MSL. You can also hear me with J.J. Dillon, the J.J. Dillon Show, every Thursday on the MLW Radio Network, among other places. But I'm also calling Wrestle Circus, I'm calling Major League Wrestling, uh, I'm calling Defy Wrestling out in uh, Seattle, so pretty, pretty busy. Man, congratulations on uh, the new Defy gig. That's somewhat new for you, right? Uh, I did. I've done one show for them so far, and I'm going to be doing a few more. We're doing some of them in post <clears throat> until we get caught up with uh, with where they're at now. So there's still there's still some back catalog stuff that I that I'm going to be uh, getting caught up with, is my understanding, and then uh, and then from there. But uh, yeah, relatively new, and I'll I'll tell you what, man. You, Fest has a pretty good relationship with the guys out in Defy. Um, Shane Strickland defended the Defy title. If I'm not correct, right, I'm not losing my mind here. He, de- he defended the Defy title uh, at a Fest show, so there's a, there's a great relationship there as well. And if you haven't seen their stuff, check it out because it's shot really well. It's a really cool venue, you know. And I, I can say that about Wrestle Circus and about MLW as well. Different flavors, different styles in some ways, but. I'm busy. I'm happy to be busy, and uh, you know, it gives me the chance to talk to you guys. Oh well, we like that you're not too busy for us, Rich. We appreciate that. Never too busy for you. Oh, oh, this guy. 
Yeah, I got I got a second parry on that. We really appreciate it. And for everybody that's listening to Rich on this show, please listen to his other shows. You probably already are. <laughs> and you can hear his voice all over independent wrestling. I mean, you defy MLW, Wrestle Circus, and Fest. It is the cream of the crop. It has risen to the top. And Rich Bokini is the voice behind it all. He really is. Rich is like Thanos, all the Infinity Stones in his gauntlet. <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. Thank you. I guess that's right. Is that a compliment? It's, a, it's a good, it, well, it's, it's kind of a bad thing, but it's a good thing for you. It is a good thing for you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll it's a it. good thing for you. You're just probably going to do terrible things with it. <laughs> you're too powerful right. is what we're saying. Too powerful. Uh, well, yeah, as always, Rich, we appreciate you. We'll see you this weekend at Fest Wrestling, folks. Be there. Thank you, Rich. Oh, thank you. We'll see you then. And, of course, once again, we want to thank Rich Bokini for dropping by the whole ref and show, which I hear, Darren, is the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. And there's no excuse, folks, to not be at Fest Wrestling Friday and Saturday. You get two chances Again, San Augustine and, of course, Gainesville on Saturday. You going to be there, Darren? I am going to be there. I am going to be there with bells on. Are you going to be there, dear listeners? Let us know. How can you let us know? There's a lot of ways to let us know. Hit us up on Twitter at Refn Show Podcast, R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Find us on Facebook, like and share. That's always appreciated. Send us an email if you got some strong words for us or weak words or any words at all. Uh, or the, the words that hit Jim every every once in a while. Uh, the whole ref and show at gmail.com, T H E W H O L E R E F N S H O W at gmail.com, or you can find us on Instagram at the whole ref and show. There's hundreds and hundreds of you that follow us on there. Will you be number 1,000 to become our friend on the whole ref and show? You could be. Yeah, absolutely could be. But to do that, you got to follow us on Instagram and check out all our pretty pictures. And look at all of our fun trips down memory lane. Also, Wrestle News and Wrestle Views, you can find them on our Instagram at The Whole Ref and Show. Come play with us, dear listeners. That's right. And from all of us here at The Whole Ref and Show, that is myself and Darren, and all of our interns, our army of interns. Uh, my name is Perry Smith. My name is Darren Beasley. And we'll see you this weekend in Florida for Fest Wrestling. And we'll most certainly see you next week for another exciting edition of the only wrestling podcast. It calls it right down the middle. The whole reffin' show. Bye-bye. Booker T, welcome back to the whole reference show. I, I can't <laughs> take it.